Caleb and I were on the way to church tonight, and I was singing, God is good, and he joined right in. He knows the verses as well. Amen. Man, I don't know about you guys, but I've just had one of those. Anybody had a crazy day? I mean, just a crazy day? Wow. It started uh, around lunchtime. My wife, Pastor Radica, asked me for lipstick, uh, and I handed her, accident. it was an accident, a glue stick instead, and she hadn't talked to me since. Then I went to the bank, and some gentleman came up to me as I was filling out my thing. He thought I worked there, I reckon. He says, sir, I'm here to check my balance, and I pushed on him, and he fell. I'm telling you what, it's just been one of those days. <laughs> okay, trying to put a smile on your face. Amen. None of that happened. <laughs> that would really be a tough day. Praise the Lord. I'm telling you what, when you got the Lord, He brings joy, unspeakable and full of glory. I'm telling you what, you just see good in everything. You see, you see the upside. I can't help it. I see the upside. You come tell me your downside, I'll see the upside. I just can't help it. It's God. I, I'm just saying God is good. He is good. And all good and perfect gifts come from Him. Praise God. And he's got a way over, he's got a way out, he's got a way up, no matter what your circumstances are. You can trust him. I, I challenge you to get closer to him. I challenge you. That's what I want to do tonight. I want to talk about the Holy, the Holy Spirit-empowered life. I, I just believe we as a church need to be constantly prodded and encouraged and trained and, and challenged and coached to just uh, have that intimate relationship with the Lord through His Holy Spirit. And the Holy Spirit of God is here. He, is, he wants to do great and mighty things in and through your life, greater than what you're experiencing now. And, and we have this tendency that we, we just pull away from Him and we depend on the strength of our hand and the uh, strength of our own mind and, and circumstances. We just take them as they come and we forget the awesomeness that we have in the presence and the power of God dwelling in us and flowing through us. So I just want to encourage you tonight that you have access to the Spirit of the living God, the resurrection power of God in you, hallelujah, the wisdom that created the heavens and the earth in you. I'm telling you, you have the love of God in you. You've got the power of God in you. Praise the Lord. Don't quench the Holy Spirit. Don't quench Him. Don't grieve the Holy Spirit. He wants, to, he wants to not only dwell in us, He wants to flow through us. So I want to talk about the Holy Spirit-empowered life, and we're going to pick up in Acts chapter 8. Acts chapter 8 is this Holy Spirit blessing. And that's what I want. Go back to that, that, that uh, uh, frame there. I just want to pray right now in the name of Jesus. God, I pray by the power of Your Holy Spirit to release Your blessing, Your blessing in a renewed fashion, a new, renewed uh, uh, presence and outpouring, Lord God. As the disciples did just chapters after... Pentecost, we see them asking for a refilling of you, that you, and you granted that, and you filled the place, shook the place, power came, boldness came, Lord God. I pray for the Holy Spirit blessing on each and every person here tonight, Lord God, to transform their lives in such a way to bring heaven to earth and to bring the manifest of your glory in and through their lives. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. So I pray the Holy Spirit blessing in and on you tonight. Acts chapter 8, verse 9. But there was a certain man called Simon who previously practiced sorcery in the city, and he astonished the people of Samaria, claiming that he was someone great, to whom they all gave heed from the least to the greatest, saying, This man is the great power of God. And they heeded him because he had astonished them with his sorceries for a long time. 
But when they believed Philip, as he, as he preached the things concerning the kingdom of God and the name of Jesus Christ, Philip's preaching the kingdom of God. What do we preach here at Christian Embassy? And he was preaching in the name of Jesus Christ. There's power in his name. Hallelujah. And both men and women were now baptized. Then Simon himself also believed, and when he was baptized, he continued with Philip and was amazed, seeing the miracles and signs which were done. I'm telling you, he was seeing the miracles and the signs which were done. When we walk with the Holy Spirit like Philip did and we let the power of God flow through us, the ones around us are going to see the miracles and the signs manifest. I'm telling you, we should uh, not settle for anything less than every day of our life. We get up and declare, this is the miracle zone. I'm living in the miracle zone. I'm going to see the manifest of heaven on earth today. Jesus taught you to pray that way. As you're praying for your daily bread, he said that you would pray thy kingdom come and thy will be done on earth. We need to really pray that and believe that every day we see the supernatural manifest of heaven on earth every day. Every day, not just in a crisis, not just once in a lifetime. We should have testimony daily of the supernatural manifest and power of God. Now, when the apostles who were at Jerusalem heard that Samaria had received the word of God, they sent Peter and John to them, who, when they had come down, prayed for them that they might receive the Holy Spirit. They believed in Christ. They've been baptized in water. They're following Philip. But they had not, and they're, they're at wonder and awe of the, of the manifest of the miracles that are taking place. But they themselves had not been filled with the Holy Spirit. So Peter, uh, we see, and John came in and, and saw that, and he, they prayed for them that they might receive the Holy Spirit. For as yet he had fallen upon none of them. They had only been baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus. Then they laid hands on them and they received the Holy Spirit. Now remember, so look at this now. Here, here's Peter and John laying hands on them, praying for them. And as they're praying for them, they receive the Holy Spirit. Now look at the very next verse, what happens. It says in verse 18, And when Simon saw, I'm telling you, when you receive the Holy Spirit... There's going to be a witness. There's going to be something others can see. There's going to be a transformation. There's going to be a life change. There's going to be a, an outglowing of the Holy Ghost and a power of heaven. Let me tell you what. We as a church cannot just theologically talk about this. We have to experience it. We have to demonstrate it. We have to be the living, walking, talking examples of the body of Christ. And God has given us example throughout the New Testament of how we should be living our lives. Our lives should be lived when we're so full of the Holy Spirit that others around us can see something. They can see something. When he saw that through the laying on of the apostles' hands that the Holy Spirit was given, what did he see? Probably them being baptized with the Holy Ghost and speaking in other tongues as they did on the day of Pentecost. It doesn't give the details, but he saw something. And now he offered them money. Oh, boy. His old flesh is rising up. The old way of doing things is rising up. He says, give me this power. Whatever he saw, he saw it as power. I'm telling you, when the Holy Ghost comes, he comes with power. On the day of Pentecost, he filled them with power. 
I'm telling you, in, uh, we find out later on when the disciples prayed to be refilled, they were refilled with power. Oh God, help us in the 21st century be a church of power. The power of a demonstration of your glory here on earth. Oh God, let the power of your Holy Spirit flow through us. I pray at Christian Embassy, we'd be a church of power. Not just talk, but there would be not just words that, that people would see the demonstration of the power of the gospel of Jesus Christ. Oh my, my. So he said, give me this power that anyone on whom I lay hands that they may receive this Holy Spirit. But Peter said to him, as the generous, uh, kind, uh, soft-spoken Peter would say, your money perish with you because you thought that the gift of God could be purchased with money. He probably said it with a little more attitude than that. You have neither part nor portion in this matter, for your heart is not right in the sight of God. Man, Peter can jump off, can he? Repent, therefore, as of this your wickedness, and pray God, if perhaps that the thought of your heart may be forgiven you. For I see that you are poisoned by bitterness and bound by iniquity. Then Simon answered and said, Pray to the Lord for me. Pray to the Lord for me that none of these things which you have spoken may come upon me. As I look at Simon Peter, as I look at him who experienced the manifest of the power of the Holy Spirit on the day of Pentecost and so much that he went from being a coward that was denying that he knew the Lord to he's now standing and preaching the gospel message, the first gospel message preached for the church to be birthed there on the day of Pentecost. We know that Peter knows that this power of the Spirit of God is that to be cherished and is that is not to be for, soul, or for sale or to be cheapened by the things of man. But on Simon's uh, side of it, the sorcerer here, uh, as his old life was before he was saved, we see that he admired, he respected, he was drawn to, and he wanted to participate in this power. I, I'm, not, I'm not really so much against that. Because I believe the one pursuit above all others that the world has, more than money and more than sex and more than fame and more than position, I think their pursuit more than anything is the pursuit of the ages, is the pursuit of power. I really believe that. And one form or another, everything is seeking, uh, as we would boil it down, if you really looked at it, would be the pursuit of power. And here in Acts chapter 8, verses 9 through 24, here's Peter and the apostles experiencing these signs and these wonders and these miracles after the resurrection of Jesus Christ. And the power church is going strong and the power church is advancing. And this wealthy man named Simon, who's achieved worldly power, he was very well respected because he had tapped into witchcraft, he had tapped into sorcery, he had tapped into another power, but he had an open heart and an open mind to hear what Philip was preaching, and he gave his heart to Christ, and he was water baptized, but now we see in this demonstration of the power of the Holy Spirit at the hands of Peter and John, and, and he's drawn to that, and he says, this is some real power. This real power is flowing through the hands of the apostles, and Man, I'd pay money. I'll pay money to have this. And, of course, Peter shuts that down as only Peter can. So here, I'm here to tell you tonight what we have access to in and through the Holy Spirit is more valuable than all the money in the world. It can accomplish what all the money in the world could never accomplish. Let me tell you what. People often use money to obtain power, and that's what Simon was trying to do. But the power that we're talking about here at Christian Embassy is priceless. It is priceless. 
And the Lord has just put on my heart to share with you tonight about the, the benefits of having the Holy Spirit in your life. And, and not only the benefits, but how to release, how to release the power of the Holy Spirit through your life every day in every situation. That we would be walking, talking uh, examples of the body of Christ here on earth. Now, now, in a sense, there's nothing wrong with the world seeking power because I believe it's something that God intended for us to walk in. He says, I'm going to birth my church in power and you uh, have been powerless. You're going to now have this dunamis power, not only this power, but I'm going to give you the authority over all the power of the enemy. We were created to walk in power under the hand of God, under the power of God. But let me tell you what, when we are out of power, we are in a true situ a, a situation that can uh, usher in a lot of fear and a lot of anxiety and a lot of stress in our life. Because... Let me tell you what, there is true power. I, I'm, I'm here to speak to somebody tonight who may feel like they're in a powerless situation. I'm here to affirm to you from the Word of God and the Holy Spirit to confirm it even in our presence tonight that there is true power. There is power to be healed. There is power over life circumstances. There is power over our enemies. There is power, the Bible says, to have joy and peace and prosperity. And it all comes from the Holy Spirit. He tells us in Acts 1 and 8, and you shall receive what? Power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you. And that word power is the Greek word dunamis, and it's our root word for dynamite. Oh, I pray that the church would get some dynamite back in our, in our step and in our life so that we could truly go forth uh, performing the mighty works and the miracles and the strength and the dominion and the authority that God has called us to do. It is so important that we, the church, take on and, and operate in the power of the Holy Spirit because every negative emotion that we face in life comes from a sense of powerlessness. I'm here to tell you, for example, if we don't feel we have the power to change a circumstance in our life or a situation in our life, we get depressed because we feel powerless. If we don't have a power to reconcile a relationship, it can cause anger. It can cause a lot of bitterness. If we don't have the power to get ahead in life and we feel like we're always under the gun and we're always the tail rather than the head, it can turn into jealousy or many other sins. This, this every negative emotion, if you'll study it back, would come from a sense of powerlessness. And every negative circumstance comes from a sense of powerlessness the inability to do anything about the situation that you're in, the inability to change things, and you just want to throw in the towel, you just want to give up, you just want to live life, you just want to coast through and not be the change agent that God has called you to be. But the Holy Spirit solves our deepest need in our emotions and our deepest need in every circumstance of life to free us from any sense of powerlessness. Hallelujah! In John 16 and 13, he says, However, when He, the Spirit of truth, has come, He will guide you into all truth. And He will not speak on His own authority, but whatever He hears, He will speak, and He will tell you things to come. Praise God. So through the Holy Spirit, you and I can know what is coming. We can be prepared for life. We don't have to uh, uh, react to life. We can be proactive in life. Think about the benefits of knowing the things that are yet to come. 
It will free you from fear and it will free you from stress because uncertainty is eliminated. When you know, when you know, if you would advance to that next slide there, the power of knowing you are free from fear and you're free from stress and you know how to pray and what to pray about and how to pray effectively because the Holy Spirit lets you see, lets you know. And you can change what the Holy Spirit reveals to you so that if you are on the wrong course and He reveals that to you, you can get in step with the perfect will of God and you can walk in that will and power of God. And you can help others prepare for the future that that God has called them to. Just like God shows me things that I need to share with you because of the things that you're going through. And He wants to bring you that Word. And He wants to bring you instruction. And He wants to illuminate that situation or bring revelation. He wants to come against any lack of knowledge so you can have the knowledge and not perish from that. Oh, we thank God for the Holy Spirit. Often the Holy Spirit will show us what is to come so we can pray, pray and change it. And I love that. I love that. He said, I'll never leave you. I'll never forsake you. And when he said that, he had the Holy Spirit in mind because he says, uh, when my Holy Spirit comes, Jesus says, this is, this is going to help you. It is it's so imperative that you uh, understand and receive the Holy Spirit because when the Holy Spirit comes, He is God with us. He is God in us. He is God for us. He is God through us. So I don't, I'm coming against any misconceived or misaligned faults you have on the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is God. Don't be afraid of Him. He is holy. He's not going to harm you. He's not unholy. Now, if He was an unholy spirit, He might do something evil against you, but He's holy. And He is God. And God loves you more than you love yourself. And God has plans for you not to harm you, but to bless you and give you a future and a hope and to prosper you. Come on now. And now He says, I want to place My Spirit in you. And I want to be with you. And I want to be for you. And I want to flow through you. Hallelujah. We need the Holy Spirit. I pray that somehow tonight I might uh, rekindle or restir a love or, or, or cause a, a you to become hungry and thirsty and taste and see how good the Lord really is and you will embrace the Holy Spirit. He will not be a theological fault, but He will be the third person of the Godhead. He is the presence of God in you, for you, through you, and with you. Let me talk about some benefits of the Holy Spirit. I've got several listed here, but I'm telling you there's a lot more than what I can talk about tonight. But I want to show with you some of the benefits of the Holy Spirit. I pray somebody gets hungry and thirsty for more of a relationship, a deeper relationship with the Holy Spirit. I'm telling you, I'm, I'm wanting you to em- embrace Him, and I want you to spend more time with Him, and I want you to uh, talk with Him like you've never done before. Some of the amazing benefits of the Holy Spirit in our lives is it welcomes the blessing of God in your house. Hallelujah. Second Samuel 6, I love that story there. When the ark of God's presence was in the house of Obed-Edom uh, for three months, if you remember, David went to the Philistines and they Philistines said, man, we got this ark of the covenant and it's so powerful, it's causing our gods to fall, their heads break off and their hands break off and our temple is falling apart. I'm telling you what, we need to get this power greater than our power, so we need to get this power out of here. Come get it, come get it. And they go and get it. And if you remember, they're carrying it on an ox cart and not carrying it as they were supposed to, instructed by God. And it it tilts and uh, one of uh, David's men reaches up to steady at it and he falls dead. And David gets upset with God. And he says, I'm not bringing that into Jerusalem. And he leaves it there in the house of Obed-Edom. 
And uh, there the Ark of the Covenant, the presence of the Lord is there. And three months later, he gets a report, a quarterly report. And Obed-Edom says, I'm so blessed. My family's so blessed. We're more blessed than we've broken every record we've ever had. Our, 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 our harvest is better than it's ever been. Our health is better than it's ever been. Our relationships are better than it's ever been. Our victories are more than we've ever seen before. There's just a blessing of God. Oh, we love, we love having the presence of the Lord here. And David said, oh, no, oh, no. And then, you know, he goes and he gets it out of Obed-Edom's house. And, and then he sacrifices. He takes a few steps and sacrifices. And he's worshiping God and he's repenting. And he's saying, Lord, I'll never, I'll never look down on your presence again. We need your presence and that's when he comes into the city. You know, he's taken all of his royal robes off and he's stripped down and his wife looks down and said, there he is dancing before the people without his royal robes and speaks down on him. Uh, that was all in this story because where the presence of the Lord is, Hallelujah! The blessing of God comes. You need the Holy Ghost in your house. You need to welcome the Holy Spirit in your house. Let me tell you why. Because there, there the presence of the Lord is and the blessing will manifest. The blessing will sprout up and grow and produce the fruit of righteousness and the fruit of heaven on earth. You will see the favor of God. You will see the love of God. You will see the joy of God. You will see the manifest of the power of God like you've never seen before, welcome the Holy Spirit into your house. And don't let anything, no type of music or nothing that you would put on that boob tube or anything run His presence out. Don't allow anything in your home to, to exercise the Spirit of God and make Him not welcome. Oh my, my, we need the Holy Spirit in our homes. And another benefit we see is it opens up fellowship with God. In Exodus 25 and 22, and God said, there I will meet with you and I will speak with you from above the mercy seat from, from between the two cherubim and on the ark of the testimony about everything which I will give you in commandment to the children of Israel. He, he's basically saying, we're going to fellowship there in my presence. When you come in my presence, he says, I'm going to talk to you. I'm telling you what, if the Holy Spirit is now God with us, in us, wanting to dwell in us and flow through us, and God said, I'd never leave you, never forsake you. I'm giving you my spirit. My spirit will not only be on you, but my spirit will be in you. You'll be the temple of the Holy Ghost. Let me tell you what, let us fellowship with God. Oh my, can you imagine? I was telling someone recently of a very famous person that uh, I'm going to meet with and, and they were like, wow, at one time I had the opportunity to sit at the table and I didn't really get to talk to him, but I at least got to sit at the table with him and you're going to have lunch with him and you're going to spend a day with him. Wow, that's amazing. I'm like, you know, that may seem amazing to, to on the natural, but think about it. The creator of the heavens and the earth the God who created us by speaking everything into existence and then taking us, forming us, and fashioning us and breathing His very breath in our nostrils and giving us eternal life. Our God wants to fellowship with us. He wants to spend time with you. Oh, through the Holy Spirit, we can come into His presence and we can commune with Him and He with us. Oh, welcome the Holy Spirit. Also, we find that we receive supernatural guidance from God in and through His Holy Spirit. And it tells us in Exodus 40, you read about the cloud by day and the pillar of fire by night. God loves His people so much that while they were in the wilderness, 
that in the daytime in, in a desert, it's very, very hot, hot and the sun is scorching. But, and there are no shade trees, but God brings a cloud. Oh, do you know how precious that cloud was? And it cooled that blistering sand there. And God says, I'm here with you. I know you're going through a transition and I'm getting you to the promised land. But in this time that you're uncomfortable, in this time of challenge, I want you to know I'm here with you. I'm here to tell you tonight that you may be transitioning and moving through a desert experience, but there's a promised land that God has for you. And don't wait till you get to the promised land before you start celebrating the presence of God. God says, no, celebrate my presence every step of the way. Celebrate my presence because I'm with you. Hallelujah. I will guide you. My word will be a lamp unto your feet and a light unto your path. I will guide you every step of the way through my Holy Spirit. So as we saw the cloud by day, and there they had that cooling effect, but yet the sign of God's presence. And then when the cloud moved, they moved with the cloud. And that's how God was guiding them through the wilderness, trying to get them to a land that flowed with milk and honey, trying to get them to a land where there were houses that they didn't have to build and, and cities that they didn't have to construct. And, and there were vineyards they didn't have to plant. God says, I've had the enemy working for you. What the enemy's meant for evil is going to be turned for good. And I'm trying to get you there, there with his presence. Hallelujah. And then at night, as opposite as it may be in the day, hot, it is cold in the desert at night and very, very dark. But yet God, there was a pillar of fire every night. Can you imagine the warmth of that fire? Oh, to get around a bonfire on a very chilly afternoon. There's such a, a good time. Our family goes down and we have some, uh, a place where we can go and build a bonfire and we gather around it and just some great memories of talking to each other through the flickering flames and, and just uh, getting the front side so warm that you feel like you're about to burn up and then turning because your backside's so cold, you know, and uh, you're just kind of roasting yourself. Oh, my. And here every night for 40 years, they had a pillar of fire. God says, I'm going to warm you and I'm going to illuminate your way. If we're going to move at night, you're going to need to see. And I'm going to show you. I'm going to light. I mean, this is the biggest street light they'd ever had. <laughs> they had that pillar of fire by night. Oh, my. One of the benefits of the Holy Spirit is we see in type and shadow of the Old Testament fulfilled in the manifest of God's goodness in the New Testament we see the Holy Spirit is the presence of God with us in life circumstances. And as we traverse through the deserts and the challenging circumstances of life, no matter how dark it may seem or no matter how hot and blistering and, and, and seemingly difficult it may seem, God is with us. And if we will lean on Him and turn to Him, He'll bring the cooling effect in the hot times and He'll bring the warming effect in the cold times and He will be our presence and guidance and light and hope in every situation. Oh, I pray that you would embrace the Holy Spirit. I pray that you would welcome Him and, and, and allow Him to move in, in you free, more free than ever, ever before. I love this one here. We find that the hard-to-move mountains in your life will melt like wax in the presence of the Holy Spirit. In Psalms 97 and 5, the mountains melt like wax at the presence of the Lord. At the presence of the Lord of the whole earth. Hallelujah. I'm telling you, I, I, I don't want to stand here and try to figure out what your mountain may be. But let me tell you what, the enemy can really put some mountains in our life. He can put some, some hard terrain in life for us to try and make our way through. But when you know that in the presence of God, 
And the Holy Spirit is the presence of God in us, with us, on us, through us. That no matter what comes our way, no matter what the enemy throws at us, it will melt like wax. Hallelujah! It will melt like wax in the presence of the Lord. My, 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 that lets me know if I've got a tough mountain in my life. I know the Bible says, speak to your mountain and be cast into the sea. Maybe, maybe being cast into the sea is it melting and running downhill right into the sea. <laughs> Just because of the presence of the Lord and us speaking through the power and the authority he has given us. Praise God. And we also see joy and laughter and pleasure will be yours as benefits of the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit brings laughter, brings joy, brings pleasure. Enough with your gruff. Enough. The world has enough gruff. I'm telling you, we need to show the world some hope. We need to show the world some of our smiling porcelain teeth, okay? Oh, I, I grew up in a, in a, in a, a region where a lot of the Christians looked like they were the maddest. They were mad at the world. They were mad at their daughter because the dress was not at the right length. They were mad at their son because he didn't do this or he wasn't at church on. They were mad at everybody. They were mad at the pastor because he preached too long or they were mad at the pastor because he didn't say Holy Ghost strong enough. They were mad all the time. They were mad at the deacon. They were mad at the usher. They were mad at the teacher. They were mad all the time mad. Just... Oh, oh. And I was like, man, if that's what being a Christian is, I want to run and to laugh. It was like a sin. But I find in the Bible that you will show me the path of life in your presence is the fullness of joy. And at your right hand are pleasures forevermore. Hallelujah. Oh, we should be a light unto the world, drawing the world to us because we're the coolest dudes and the coolest gals on planet Earth. We've got the funniest little jokes. We are laughing. we got to pep to our staff. We are helping turn a, 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 a cloudy day into a sunshiny day because of the Holy Spirit. You say, well, I don't have that personality. You're grieving the Holy Spirit. You're like, what? That's just not my personality. No, you're grieving the Holy Spirit. Because if the Holy Spirit brings the fullness of joy, no matter what your personality is, if you're not grieving Him, He's going to bring the fullness of joy. Right? Sometimes we excuse ourselves. Well, well, I'm just, I'm just phlegmatic. I don't really care. Well, I'm just melancholy and I'm a little upset right now because of this, that, and the other. Well, I'm a sanguine and everybody don't take me serious because I'm just always so lighthearted. Right? Don't excuse or limit or grieve the presence of God from flowing through our lives. I've heard people say, well, I, I just don't have that kind of personality. I, I just don't have an upbeat personality. You got a problem. You got a problem. Because you're quenching the Holy Spirit. Because let me tell you what, I'm shy by nature, believe it or not. I'm shy by nature. And my mom, my brother is, let me tell you what, he is a sanguine, he is dancing. You go to Pizza Hut and back in the day and, and uh, you know, what was it? The song would come on, the jukebox or whatever, and he's up on the table. He'd get up on the table dancing in a Pizza Hut and just, you know, doing the twist. You know, I'm from Andrews, South Carolina. Chubby Checker was born there. And man, if he came on, oh, man, he's our hometown celebrity. And let's just do the twist. And everybody's like, Jim, get on, get on, get on, get on, get on, get on. 
And I always excuse myself to the restroom. <laughs> when the Lord called me to preach, my mom, she said, no, not you, Tim. No, I thought if God was going to use anybody to preach, it would be Jim. Thanks for your confidence, Mom. I know you're watching. I still love you, and I'm still in counseling over that. I'll be over it one day. No. But in the natural, that wasn't what I leaned towards. But I'm telling you, when I got out of the form of religion, and I got the creator of all <laughs> in my life and flowing through my life, you're not going to shut me up because you're not going to shut the Holy Spirit up. I'm just a gate. I'm just opening up. And I'm going, I'll am i get up and I'll talk to 10 million people at one time. It don't matter when it's about the Lord and it's about His goodness because, and I'm, and I'm shining for Him because let me tell you what, it's God in us flowing through us. So let's stop excusing not being used by Him or doing great and mighty things for Him because of our personality or my upbringing. Let me tell you what. My upbringing was I spent more time with dogs, horses, pigs, chickens, and cats, and uh, mules and stuff. I spent more time with that than people. So if we got to uh, blame the, our, my upbringing, I should be hee-hawing up here, Okay. And I can, talk, I can talk animal talk. Still to this day, I, I come to your animal and have him bite you. You say, oh, you couldn't make it. I probably could. I can talk animal. I'm an I'm a animal whisperer. Okay? <laughs> but let me tell you what. I'm not using what I didn't grow up with or didn't have because why should I limit the limitless God who chose to this donkey to flow through? He used a donkey in the past. He can use a donkey now. But I'm not going to quench him. I'm going to let him talk through me. I'm going to let him live through me. And I'm going to let him touch people through me. And you should too. You should too. Psalm 16 and 11, he says, You will show me the path of life, and in your presence is the fullness of joy. At your right hand are pleasures, are pleasures forevermore. Oh, that we would start enjoying the pleasures of the Lord. Psalms 21 and 6, For you have made Him most blessed forever. You have made Him exceedingly glad with your presence. Hallelujah. Oh, that God would fill you with a, a spirit of gladness. Some people say, oh, those folks that laugh in church, something wrong with them. I'm telling you what, we always like a pendulum. We want to go from one extreme to the other. Either we want to laugh all the time and never have any word, never have any real worship, and we just laugh all the time, or we want to be against laughter. We now got a doctrine against laughter. You know, we're all falling out in the spirit, and nobody can preach, and nobody can do anything because everybody's laid out in the spirit, or we all stiff-necked, sitting up, saying, give me some theological dissertation that I might expose upon uh, uh, in my mind, you know, you know, expose my mind upon. No, come on now. Why do we want to go to extremes? Oh, let's let the Spirit of the Lord have His way. Hallelujah. And then there's another one. Your enemies will fall and perish. Anybody in here got any enemies? Well, the Bible says, when my enemies turn back, they shall fall and perish at your presence. So that means if I don't quench the Holy Spirit and I let the Holy Spirit show Himself through my life, the enemy turns back. The enemy runs. The enemy perishes. It shouldn't be that you are always got a devil on your back. It shouldn't be that you're always being chased down by the devil. Oh, when you get up in the morning, you're like, oh, what is the devil up to? No, when I, you get up in the morning, they should say, oh, my goodness, what is he up to? I'm getting out of his way. I'm, I'm, I'm taking the interstate. I'm taking the back road. Wherever, whatever he's traveling, I'm going the opposite. 
because he or she allows the Holy Spirit to shine forth through their life. And where the presence of God is, the enemy turns back. Now, either we believe the Bible or we don't. I believe the Bible and I've seen this to be true. The enemy has put a target on my life and on my children's life and on my wife and on our church. He's put a target. But we allow the presence of God to be unhindered and unfiltered. And let me tell you what, the enemy, just they turn back and they perish. They go away. It ends. Hallelujah. Oh, we need to embrace the Holy Spirit. Times of refreshing and restoration will come in His presence. Repent, therefore, and be converted that your sins may be blotted out so that the times of refreshing may come from the presence of the Lord. Oh, don't quench the Holy Spirit. Don't grieve Him by living a life of sinfulness, living a life of disobedience to God. No, no, repent. Repent, that's still a good word, you know. It's a good word. It's a six-letter word, but it won't hurt you. It'll help you. Repent and be converted. Have your mind renewed. Oh, that you can see the manifest of God's promises in and through your life. So this is some of the benefits of embracing the Holy Spirit, loving on the Holy Spirit, spending time with the Holy Spirit, not grieving the Holy Spirit and allowing Him to flow through your life. Now I want you to look with me on several ways that you can release His power and presence in your everyday life. Very practical, but I believe it's very biblical. How do we release His power and presence? This is kind of a do-it-yourself type thing, you know? I can't do it for you. First and foremost, by your words. By your words. As we speak the Word of God out of our mouths on a regular basis, let me tell you, the Holy Spirit takes those words and brings them to pass. We see that the Holy Spirit was present uh, when the, before the world was created. You know, it was darkness and chaos. And, you know, it says uh, uh, darkness covered the face of the earth. And there it was. The Holy Spirit was hovering over all of that. So you may say, well, I just believe in the Holy Spirit or I, I want the presence. I'll allow the presence of the Holy Spirit. But let me tell you what. In order for you to release his power and his presence, you've got to say something. Because when God said, let there be light, that same Holy Spirit that hadn't done anything before now takes the Word of God and manifests it on this earth. And they've taken the smallest of atoms down to its nuclei, nucleus to see what in the world makes up the, the matter of this earth and it is sound. So what God said and the Holy Spirit brought to manifest is still what is sustaining us this day. And God says, I've given you this example, and then I could take you, oh, I could preach a sermon all the way through the power of our words, aligning with the Word of God, that when we speak the Word of God. Let me tell you what, while he spoke in Acts 10 and 44, Peter, while he spoke those words, the Holy Spirit fell upon all of those who were listening. So he's speaking, he's speaking, he's preaching the Word of God, and as he's speaking the Word of God out of his mouth, the Holy Spirit falls upon all of them who are listening. Hallelujah! So you've got to learn to speak the Word of God. And if the Word of God is contrary to what you're experiencing, don't let what you're experiencing change your words. Line your word up with the Word of God. Say, I'm not going to say anything but what uh, 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 the Word of God says. 
I'm not going to contradict the Word of God. You've got to renew your mind. You cannot allow your tongue to release curses because there's an evil spirit ready to go to work too and you can speak curses and you can speak death with your power of your tongue. And you can say those words and those evil spirits then had the permission to manifest. But the same way the Holy Spirit is there, He is here and He's waiting for us to say the Word of God. And I'm telling you, when you speak the Word of God in faith, a heart that is believing and not doubting, let me tell you what, the Holy Spirit, He says, I'll take care of it. I'll take care of it. You're now saying something that I am the author of. I recognize that. I am the one that wholly inspired every word of the Bible. You're now saying what I've said, and now we're going to see it to be done. Hallelujah. So you release the power and presence of the Holy Spirit by your words. Another one is you release the presence and power of the Holy Spirit by obeying God. The Bible says in Acts 5.32, we are witnesses of these things. And so is the Holy Spirit whom God has given to those who obey Him. You know, this is not, the 21st century is not so cool that says that we can walk in disobedience to God and it's okay. We are not ever to allow a generation or a culture in any way to so shift us to say that if this isn't cool or if this isn't, you know, this may offend someone. This may offend someone if I, no, let me, we got to obey the Lord. We got to be like Peter and John who were called before the council and they said, you know what, you were, you, you raised that lame man at the gate called beautiful and he's up dancing and we can't argue with that. And a man that was born lame from his mother's womb, carried there every day. We've seen it for years and years. We know who he is. We cannot uh, dispute that, that he's, the miracle didn't take place, but we're, we're, and we're not going to hold you. And we're not going to imprison you. We're going to release you. But you got to get out. But you got to go. And you cannot preach or teach in this name, the name of Jesus. You cannot. And I love what Peter says. He says, are we to obey man? I mean, dude, listen. We are seeing the manifest of heaven on earth. We're seeing God invade this earth with power to heal and power to save and power to transform lives. And do you think we're going to go back? Do you think if there's no other name under heaven given among men that they might be saved? We can't go back. You know, We cannot uh, disobey the Word of God. You can do with us what you're going to do with us or whatever you desire, but we're not going to disobey God. Oh, that today we would have a church that would say the same thing whether it's popular or not whether it gets you Facebook likes or not whether it gets you in society's front cover or the back cover that you say I'm going to obey the Lord this is what pleases the Lord this is what honors the Lord I'm going to obey Him in my walk and in my talk hallelujah He gives the Holy Spirit to those who obey Him so we quench or we grieve the Holy Spirit working through us when we walk in disobedience. And if we are in disobedience, we need to repent. Going back to our other point, we need to repent. It's a six-letter word that is very needed in this day and age. We don't need to walk under the guilt and the condemnation that sin brings on our life. When we have a Redeemer, hallelujah, that shed His blood to take that guilt off of us and to bring His righteousness on us. When we have the gift of salvation and we have the gift of justification, we have the gift of sanctification, we have the gift of God unto us. Let me tell you what, why in the world should we live under that condemnation? But we got to repent. we got to come to God with a humble heart. We've got to ask for His forgiveness. And he's, he's faithful. He's just. He'll forgive you. He will bring salvation to whoever calls on the name of the Lord. 
So we release the power and presence of the Holy Spirit by obeying God. And this one here may shock you, but we also release His power and presence by giving. In Acts 10, 3 and 4, about the ninth hour of the day, Cornelius saw clearly a vision of an angel of God coming in and saying to him, Cornelius, and when he observed him, he was afraid and said, What is it, Lord? So the angel of God said to him, Your prayers and your alms have come up for a memorial before God. I mean, Cornelius gets the attention of God through his prayers and his continual giving of alms. Wow. Now, I know you had the gift of giving. You're like, wow, that's, that's encouraging. Uh, and, and others say, well, for those who have the gift of giving, that should help them. But no, we all are called to give. We're to give of our service. We're to give of our prayers. We're to give of our time. We're to give of our, our, our increase so that we can advance the kingdom of God. It was through his giving that the gospel was brought to his household and to the non-Jewish world. Because that's what's going on here with Cornelius' household and, and the non-Jewish world is getting the gospel and they're getting saved. And the angel of the Lord came and said it was because of your prayers and your continual giving that is set up before as a memorial before God. It was in this chapter that Cornelius became the first Gentile believer to be filled with the power of the Holy Ghost. Hallelujah! And as a result, the entire region of that, that part of the world was opened up to the gospel through prayer and giving. Wow. The Holy Ghost advanced through his prayers and his giving. Thank you, Lord. And then also you release the power and the presence of God by praying in the Spirit. You say, well, I didn't grow up in that denomination. Did I say anything about a denomination? No, I did not. Well, I didn't grow up under that theological persuasion. I'm talking about the Word of God. Let's get out of all that head stuff and let's get our heart in the Bible, okay? 1 Corinthians 14, 2 through 4, For he who speaks in a tongue does not speak to men but to God. I'm telling you, I remember when I got in a spirit-filled church, they said, oh, Tim's over there. Those devil worshipers. That's what the quote-unquote white-collar, stiff-necked church said about anybody charismatic. They're full of devils, demons. And I'm like, well, your stiff-neckedness caused me to come to suicide because I didn't even believe there was a God that could help me. I said, y'all can say what you say, but I found the right hand of God and I found the one that's given the word from he who operates with his right hand. Hallelujah. For he who speaks in a tongue does not speak to men. No wonder men not getting anything from it. It's not for them. But you're speaking to God. No one understands Him. However, in the Spirit, He speaks mysteries, which translated means secret counsels of God. Means that there is a, a strategy, there is a systems, there is, there is knowledge, there is a strategy that God has set up and we, and we communicate spirit to spirit an understanding of the secret counsels of God. But he who prophesies speaks edification and exhortation and comfort to men. But he who speaks in a tongue edifies himself. 
That word edify means uh, uh, it's like a contractor that goes in and looks and he sees a floor joist that is that has got a, a damage and he and he goes in and he brings a, another floor joist and strengthens it and comes alongside it and bolts them together so that it's stronger than it was before. You're being built up from the inside to be able to handle much more. A skyscraper can be built on you. So when you're praying in the spirit and speaking in tongue, you're being built up. You're being built up. And, and, and he who prophesies edifies the church. So there's that difference. Now we do know with the manifestation gifts that there can come a message in tongues to the church and it needs interpretation and that's for the unbeliever. Some people say, well, I don't see a whole lot of tongues and interpretation. Probably because you haven't invited your lost neighbors. Let's get some lost folk in here and you'll start seeing the miracle manifest of tongues with interpretation. Prophecies for the believer, tongues and interpretation for the unbeliever. You say, well, why in the world? You know, I remember uh, going and uh, I'd invite a friend to church. And when I got in the charismatic, full gospel, Pentecostal church, you know, um, there was some of those Sundays, you know, where woo, it just got woo, it just got woo, you know. And, uh, and I'm like, uh, oh, I hope Aunt Aussie don't start up tonight today. Oh, my goodness, I got my friend here. I hope so-and-so behaves himself. And next thing you know, Dale's up there saying, Sing it one more time. And I'm like, oh, here we go. And the next thing you know, she's a shouting and that, that bun is coming down because she's swinging her head. And here comes a running, you know, and I'm like, oh, my. And then I almost want to apologize when we go out for lunch afterwards. And, and he says, man, that was the coolest thing I've ever seen. I'm coming. Y'all have church in the week? Yeah, Wednesday night. I'm coming back on Wednesday night. And I'm like, whoa. <laughs> Amen. God's got a way He can turn it all around. Romans 8.26 tells us, Likewise, the Spirit also helps in our weaknesses, for we do not know what we should pray for as we ought, but the Spirit Himself makes intercession for us with groanings which cannot be uttered. Now he who searches the heart knows what the mind of the, is of the Spirit because He makes intercession for the saints according to the will of God. Oh my, we pray in the Spirit, we release, we don't grieve, we release, we unhinge the Spirit of God who knows more than we'll ever know to do and to intercede and to move and to minister in and through our lives. And, and this saying that you have to go hide in a closet to pray in the Spirit, I say is nonsense. I would say it's as nonsense as you can only pray in a closet. Should you have a closet of prayer? Yes, that's true. But we pray in concert here. And as we pray in concert and we sing in concert, you can also pray in the Spirit in concert. And you can sing in the Spirit in concert. And Paul says, I pray in the Spirit more than all of you. And I wish you would all pray in the Holy Spirit. And I sing in the Spirit. Let me tell you what, we should do that more. I'm telling you, we, we release the power and the presence of God. We'll see more miracles in our service. We'll see more healings manifest. We'll see more people's lives transformed. We've got to free ourselves up and let the Holy Ghost have this service. This isn't our service. This is His service. This isn't our house. This is God's house. This isn't our time. This is His time. And we're to be His body and we need to come together and we need to sing with the understanding but we need to sing in the Spirit. We need to pray with the understanding. We need to pray in the Spirit. And when it's done by God, it's beautiful. It's beautiful. There's nothing, there's nothing about it disrupted. There's nothing about it. Now, if someone's going to silence everyone and start speaking in tongues, they, the Bible says, have the responsibility to have an interpretation because otherwise it benefits no one. And we want that to be done proper and in order as well. 
But we don't want to have the pendulum swing that we're a bunch of dried up, claim to be charismatics, or we just never have time for the preaching of the Word, or never have time for communion, or never have time for a baptism, because all we do is speak in tongues. Man, why can't we just be the body of Christ? The Holy Spirit with the liberty to do in us and through us what He wants. Because when we pray in tongues, we're talking to God. Let me tell you what, your spirit was dead in Adam. And your flesh run the show. And your soul let the flesh, it made the decision to follow the flesh. But when you got born again, the old has passed away and all things become new. Did your flesh become new? No, the same wart you had, you still have. Did your mind become new? No, it has to be renewed now. But your spirit, brand new. Hallelujah. Name written in the Lamb's Book of Life. This one's resurrected. This one's alive. This one's saved, redeemed. Hallelujah. Sinless, righteous. Yes, it is. But now we got to walk it out. And Paul says we cannot keep walking by the flesh because if we keep walking in the flesh, we're not going to, we're not going to inherit the kingdom of God. So we got to start walking in the Spirit. So our minds have got to be changed. Our minds have got to be renewed. Our minds are the gatekeeper of heaven on earth. Our minds is keeping us out of what God has for us or opening us up to what God has already provided. The atonement has already provided everything. The efficacy of Christ has provided everything. I'm telling you, everything we ever have needed, we don't have to re-crucify Jesus. We don't have to take Him back to the whipping post. We don't have to put a crown of thorns on Him. We don't have to hang Him on a cross to get the curse off of us. I'm telling you, it's a done deal. And He said it is finished. It is ours. But we've got to, we've got to walk into it. We've got to have our minds renewed. And our minds have got to go through a metamorphosis or either we're going to be pressed into the mold of the world. And how are we going to prove the good and perfect will of God unless our minds are renewed? We've got to make up our minds that I'm going to pray in the Spirit because I need the Holy Spirit talking to my spirit and my spirit talking to the Holy Spirit so that they can work things out that I don't have an understanding to yet. But they're going to, they're going to bring me in through the renewing of my mind. They're going to bring me in on it so the flesh is not taking me to hell and the flesh is not keeping me bound up, limited away from the presence and the power and the provision of God. I'm going to walk into what God has for me. And there's some hard heads just like the Israelites. Forty years. Forty years. There's the promised land. See the trees. Oh, another lamp. Forty years until the generation of unbelief, till the unbelief dies. And the two who believed would be the ones 40 years later Joshua and Caleb to lead that new generation in. There's pictures all through the Bible of what we look like. You're going to walk by the flesh? You're going to let your emotions, you're going to let the circumstances that's hitting you tell you and dictate to you your lid and the limits? Or are you going to draw from the resources of the unlimited, all-powerful, all-knowing, omniscient God. Oh, my spirit needs to be edified 
My, my, my soul needs to be edified, and it, it's going to trickle down. The last thing that you're going to see edified is my body. But we're so used to walking by the flesh. If it don't happen in the flesh, if we don't pop a bubble right then, we stop chewing the bubble gum, you know? It's just, what well, it, it didn't happen. It just, no. It's got to come spirit, soul, and body. Hallelujah. So as we pray in tongues, we're speaking to God and the Holy Spirit is strengthening us. He's edifying us. And Jude, he says the same thing, that as we pray in the Spirit, we're being edified. We see uh, with the armor of God that one of the, the weapons that God has given us in this spiritual warfare, he ends it by saying not only with the helmet of salvation and the you know, shield of righteousness and the sword of the Spirit and the breastplate of righteousness and shield of righteousness, you know, the breastplate of righteousness, the shield of faith and the belt of truth and feet prepared with the gospel of peace, but praying always in the Spirit. Praying always in the Spirit. Read it for you. I mean, read it for yourself. Okay. Okadomai or okadome is edified, built up, restored, repaired, made happy. That's what the Holy Spirit does when we pray in the Spirit. That's what's happening to us. That God penetrates and invades the, the earth when we pray in this heavenly language. Oh, our heavenly language is so powerful. Do you know after the flood, let me just share this with you. Uh, after the flood in Genesis 9 and 1, uh, the Bible says to Noah and his children there and their wives, be fruitful and multiply and fill the earth. And then you go over two chapters later and you get into Genesis 11 and then you see the Lord came down to a tower, a tower that they had built. And the Lord said, indeed, the people are one and they all have one language. This got the attention of God. And this is what they began to do. Now, nothing that they propose. God is talking here. God is talking. Nothing they propose to do will be withheld from them because they are one and they have this one language, this one language there. So come let us, and it's plural in the Hebrew with an I am on it. Uh, so you see, there's the Trinity. Hallelujah. Father, Son, and Holy Ghost. Let us go down and there and confuse their language. And they not, may not understand one another's speech. Wow. God, is a, His attention is drawn because of the strength that they have, the, the fortitude that they have. Nothing will be withheld from them because they've got this one language. Wow. So God splits it up. And there's all these multiple languages. Why were they building this tower? One thought that I, I really hold close to my heart is God told them in chapter 9, multiply, be fruitful, fill the earth. When they get to this valley of Shinar, it is so lush, it is so beautiful. I mean, it is so beautiful. They're like, we don't want to keep going. We're going to stay right here. Now, God told them to multiply, be fruitful, and fill the earth. God had a plan to get mankind all around the earth. And they said, no, this place is so comfortable this is so, you know, snazzy. I'm just going to stay right here. Man, we don't even have to work the garden. Everything's just growing. This is just beautiful, this fertile valley here. But a flood came, and out of disobedience, oh, another flood might come. So we need to build a tower. It goes up into the heavens so that if a flood comes again, we can just climb up the tower till the water recedes because we just saw the water receded this last time, and then we'll come back down to our nice place. And God saw the thing that he needed to change was 
bring disunity or disconnect their languages. Now, God has a plan. And he said in Zephaniah 3 and 9, listen to this scripture here. For then I will restore to the people a pure language. So in God's mind, there's a pure language. A pure language means it has no obscenity. It has no cursing in it. There's no, it's a pure language. That they may all call on the name of the Lord to serve Him with one accord. So God says, I've got a plan to bring it back together. And I'm going to have a language that unites them. And what happened? I'm going to bring them back into one accord. And then in Acts 2, it says, when the day of Pentecost had fully come, they were all with what? One accord. And what does he give? Man didn't do it. Peter didn't do it. God did it. He gives them this pure language. He gives us some language to the birthing of what? The church. Look at somebody and say, we're the church. This is what unites us. This is what strengthens us. This is what gives us the strength to do whatever needs to be done, even if it's called the miracle zone. There is no limitation. There is no lid because we have access to our God and He has united us through this one language to bring us together in one accord. And there they were filled with the Holy Ghost on the day of Pentecost. That sound came from heaven as a mighty rushing wind and filled the whole house that they were sitting on them and it set upon them as tongue of cloven fire on each and every one of their heads and they were filled with the Holy Spirit and they began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit gave them the utterance and then Peter gets up with boldness and preaches and 3,000 are saved the church's birth and it's been growing to this day and the devil fights our participation in communication with God through tongues more than anything else. He hates it because he knows nothing will be withheld from them because they're in one accord and they have this one language. And it's a pure language. He can't defile it. He can't even decode it. He can't understand it. And Paul says, in this mind that is not renewed yet, this mind that still is on this earth, he says, I, I, I don't understand it, but my spirit does. And I'm now walking by the spirit. So as my spirit communicates with Holy Spirit and Holy Spirit with my spirit, my spirit, I'm lead, he's leading me. And I'm not walking by the flesh. I'm, I'm being led by my spirit now who's being led by the Holy Spirit because there's communication going on here. So now he's leading me in the paths of righteousness for his name's sake. Now he's leading me into the promise. And now he's leading me to his fullness. He's leading me into that miracle zone. We release the power and presence of the Holy Spirit by praying and singing in the Spirit. I want to ask you to join me here at Christian Embassy. And not to take this as some denominational stance or whatever negative mindset that you maybe have had in the past. And just say, you know what? Let me just put my heart in the Word. And here is what the Word says. And here's the plan of God. And whether it makes my flesh uncomfortable, it needs to be uncomfortable. Flesh, you are leading me straight to hell. Flesh, you are leading me in bondage. Flesh, you, the lust of the eye, the lust of the flesh, and the pride of life, you are opening the doors for demons in my life. Flesh, I gave you a try for however many years you weren't saved. I gave you a try, and you failed me. 
but I need you. I need you. You're the vehicle I'm, I'm operating in, but I don't need you to guide me. I've got a new spirit, brand new. I'm a child of God. Hallelujah, resurrection power. My spirit communicates with you, Holy Spirit, and you, Holy Spirit, with my spirit. An instruction of counsel of heaven comes so that my, and as my mind is being renewed by the Word of God and my faith is arising from the Word of God, my, I, the Holy Spirit, is, is, through my spirit, is now giving me bits and pieces of that which I need to do and move into. And, and the flesh, you got to come along. I need you. I need you. You're the wagon I'm riding in until I get to heaven, okay? But instead of you leading the way, you, you know, we got, the, got the, you know, the horse before the cart. We got the cart now back, okay. The Holy Spirit is leading our spirit, the horse, and cart, flesh, you got to come on. And I'm the driver in here, my soul. And I've chosen through a renewed mind, I'm going to listen to the Spirit. But in order for my spirit to know, my spirit has to communicate with the Holy Spirit. Paul says, I pray in the Spirit more than all of you. I sing in the Spirit more than all of you. And I wish you all did. Some people say, that's not just for me. It's just not for me. Well, then let your flesh still control. Because your spirit man will never grow. Your spirit man will never grow. Your mind will be renewed in the Word of God, but partial in the Word of God, and you'll be frustrated. You'll be a frustrated Christian. You'll be one of those angry Christians I was talking about earlier. Because what you're hearing is not what you're seeing. What, so now you've got to change the word. You've got to water it down to make it fit in what you're seeing. So you're not living in the supernatural, not believing God. He can do anything, that nothing is impossible with him. You're out of that zone because you're not letting the Spirit through the Holy Spirit lead you into that. God has so much more. He has so much more for us such a higher level of living for us than we've ever even imagined. It's not in, entered into your mind. It's not entered into your heart. You can't, even, you can't even imagine what He's prepared for you. Oh, but let us, let our spirit be built up by the Holy Spirit. New Holy Spirit in us, flowing through us, leading us into the miracle zone of God. How about that? Isn't that a great way to live? Amen. Does it make sense? Praise God. Would you stand with me, please? Holy Spirit blessing. God, I just pray here tonight that you, Holy Spirit, would come and seal, seal this word in the good soil of our hearts and our lives so that the foul of the air, the enemy who is wanting to steal it from us, even before we walk out of this sanctuary, he wants to come in and steal those seeds. You said the seed is your word. He wants to steal it so that there will never be any fruit in our life. Lord God, I pray in the name of Jesus, by your presence and power, Holy Spirit, you would seal this in our hearts, good soil of our heart. Let us pull out, Lord God, the weeds and the thistles and that, and that mingle, mingling with the world systems and the world ideologies and, and, and limitations. Pull those out. Uproot that right now. And, and the rock and the stone and the hardness, just pull it out. Just roll it away. Say, no, I want my heart pure. I want my heart to be good soil. I don't want to be the cares of this world. No, I cast my care on Him. He cares for me. Some of you, you may just see that you've been running down the wrong path and you need to repent. 
You need to change your mind. You need to turn around. You need to humble yourself before God and say, God, I've been missing it. God, I've really been, maybe through my own thoughts, thought it was good, but I see it's not. Oh, the best thing you could ever do is humble yourself before the Lord. Humble yourself before the Lord. Repent before Him and ask Him to forgive you. And get up and turn and turn into the way of God and begin to walk in the path of righteousness. Being led by the Spirit of God. God, I pray, Holy Spirit, Your blessing, Your blessing, Lord God, through the revelation of Your Word would not only be something we have in our head, but would be flowing through our lives. The power. God, You've called us to walk in power. God, you've called your church to have a demonstration of power, your gospel to be proven with power. Lord, I'm calling, I'm calling us, I'm calling myself to you. We're not calling you to us, God, because we know you're here. You said you wouldn't leave us, you'd never forsake us. So we're coming to you now, we're coming to you, Lord, and we said, God, we want to be the church. Not just the only church, we want to be, but we want to be responsible for this church. For this local house to where Lord God we will drop all limitation we would rebuke and resist all lies of limitation and say you God have no limits you are all powerful you are all knowing you are ever present and you are here but we're not going to quench you we're not going to grieve you Holy Spirit we want you to flow in us and through us. Maybe you need to be filled with the Holy Spirit tonight. God says, ask. Jesus said, if you'll ask the Father, He'll give you the Holy Spirit. Just like if a father was asked by his son for bread or asked, he wouldn't, or fish, he wouldn't give him a stone or he wouldn't give him a scorpion. He said, how much more will, your, will the Heavenly Father give the Holy Spirit to those who ask? Oh, God, help us to remove all philosophies and if they're called theologies that that would limit you holy spirit help us to remove that tonight and say god i want you because i know i can trust you lord you're holy you're not going to do anything to harm me you're not going to do anything evil i just want all of you and i want you holy spirit spirit of god come fill me just ask him fill me fill me with your presence fill me with your power fill me lord I want to walk in the fullness and as the, uh, the, the disciples did just days and weeks and months after the day of Pentecost, they said, God, we've been challenged and it's been tough. We need to be refilled. And you refilled them, Lord God. And there they spoke in tongues as you filled them and shook the very foundation where they were, filling them with boldness as well. So maybe you're here tonight and you need to be refilled. Fill me again, Lord. Refill me. Lord, I don't want to walk on empty, and I sure don't want to walk around in spiritual pride, acting like I'm on full, when really and truly, there's less than a quarter of a tank here. The fuel light's blinking in my life. Lord, I need you to refill me. Fill us, God. Refill us, God. Oh, let Christian Embassy rise up, God. Rise up here in this community and rise up as a beacon of light in this world. Lord God, that there here is a place, the pillar of fire is in the nighttime of our life and the pillar of uh, a cloud is in the daytime of our lives. Lord God, that your presence is ever seen 
and manifest in and through your people. Have your way, Lord. And Lord, I pray you would help us. I know you want it. Help us identify the limitations that we have. Whereas when we come together here in one accord, why we quench this one language. In one accord with one language. Lord, help us to free ourselves up. God, help us in our mind to be renewed that we will be the gatekeeper and open up the access of heaven when we come together in one accord. And Lord God, that when we're praying, we'll pray in the Spirit in concert. God, when we're singing, that we'll begin to sing in the Spirit in concert, Lord God. And that we would open the gate, the floodgates, and let you flow, let you flow supernaturally in our presence and through our midst, doing, healing, raising up, changing things in our lives, Lord God, in such a supernatural way. Help us, God. Help me be the pastor to lead us, Lord, to do that. Because I know that is your heart, pleasing to you. Now we commit our day, we commit the rest of this week, and we commit our lives into your hands as we go now from this place to go and be a witness everywhere we go. For it's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. 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 Man, I'm preaching on the Holy Ghost, the power of the Holy Ghost, and y'all got quieter and quieter. I, and then I looked at the clock and I said, maybe it's because it got later and later. I don't know.